on this edition of Money with Friends, faith-based funds are attracting investors because it turns out negative screens aren't necessarily a drag on funds performance. But some still say it is investing with one hand behind your back. All that and much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And from Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show, my mom sat finished basement, I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break them down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Now, we do it for you six days a week, all in about 15 minutes. Loosely defined 15, but we're going for it. <laughs> loosely. Uh, not loosely defined, very, very technically defined. This show is brought to you by Tiller. Tiller is your financial life in a spreadsheet, automatically updated every day. Only Tiller imports your latest spending, account balances, and finances directly into Google Sheets and Microsoft Excel every day. We'll talk about it a little more later, but for more on Tiller, head to... Uh, uh, stackybenjamins.com forward slash T-I-L-L-E-R. Bobby, we're talking about faith-based investments. Do you have faith-based investments? I do not, unless they are in a something within a 401k that I, well, no, I moved my 401ks to IRAs. Uh, no, then I guess I don't. Um, I don't know if I ever have, but I, I think that I have had some funds that are um, social impact funds, that kind of thing, where you do invest in companies is it, instead of negative screens. And, and we'll get into what that means. I've had some that are more positive screens where you're proactively trying to invest in in companies that have missions that align with your values. And even lots of misinformation about those too, which we'll yes. go into here. So let's see which of our friends is kicking off today's show. This is Andy from Derby, Vermont. PE ratios, stock purchase plans, Federal Reserve meetings. We must be getting ready for another episode of Money with Friends. Our headline today comes to us from Investment News. We, we haven't done many, uh, Bobby, from Investment News. This is a place. I like them. Yeah, it's a place where financial advisors uh, hang out. And I like getting uh, headlines sometimes from here because it shows a different side of the financial universe th other than the retail side that we often see. So uh, this piece written by Jeff Benjamin, faith-based funds attract loyal investors. Applying religious screens to mutual funds and ETFs, Jeff writes, is sometimes compared to investing with one hand tied behind your back. But that's just fine for a large and growing number of investors. Quote, if people are really interested in faith-based investing, a difference of 10 or 12 basis points isn't that much if you're avoiding things you don't want to invest in, said Shane Morrow, managing partner at Ironbridge Wealth Council, an advisory firm that offers clients mission-driven portfolios alongside traditional strategies. We do have a number of clients that are interested in mission-driven investing, in a particular biblically-inspired investing, Mr. Morrow said. Unlike strategies that invest based on environmental, social, and governance, issues, which are taking increasingly proactive stances to try and change corporate behaviors, faith-based strategies traditionally have relied on negative screens and largely continue to do so. For most Christian funds, that means screening out companies associated with a compact list of no-nos, including abortion, alcohol, tobacco, gambling, and pornography. 
But not all faith-based funds are Christian. Uh, Amana funds, for example, applies Islamic principles and screens out various forms of interest income. According to data compiled by Lipper, the faith-based investing universe is relatively small with less than $28 billion in total assets across the 150 funds. But it's seen as having an incredibly loyal following. Quote, there's a stickiness to the assets in faith-based funds because those investors are less likely to run and flee during rough times and in normal downturns, we're seeing these people double down, said Tom Rosine, head of research services at Lipper from Refinitiv. Uh, investor loyalty is something most face faith-based asset managers have come to appreciate. We're blessed that we don't have big turnover because our investors buy into our pro-life, pro-family mission, said George Schwartz, founder of Ave Maria Mutual Funds, a $2.5 billion firm that screens out companies associated with uh, same stuff there. Uh, anyway, uh, the piece goes on a little bit, but but I think... I think what's interesting here also, there's a few things addressed we talked about already, but I want to skip to the bottom of this piece. Part of what makes a sale easier is an increasing amount of data showing that negative screens don't necessarily create a drag on performance, Mr. Rosine said. We've always had the assumption that they're focusing on negative screens. People are willing to forego a little bit of return, but not a lot, he said. In some cases, in a nice market rally, even faith-based funds doing negative screening can outperform. This year, for example, the Ave Maria Rising Dividend Fund gained 20.8% at the time this came out, which compares to 157 for Lipper's equity income fund category. Over the same period, the Stewart Global Equity Income Fund gained 15.7 compared with 11.9 by the Global Equity Income Fund category. And it goes on to talk about other funds. So I had always heard when I was an advisor that, that this type of a fund was going to be a drag. And seeing that it isn't a drag, I think presents a new argument for some people that really want to have their money be where their thoughts are. Well, the truth is the universe of stocks available to invest in is so huge that it's, you know, if you eliminate those stocks that people have issues with for whatever, you know, religious reason, there's still quite a few good picks. And and we don't know that those stocks that are not eligible for these funds are necessarily good performers either. That said, it does eliminate those stocks. So if they have an issue with a stock that turns out to be a great performer, then that's not available to them. That said, you know, with a religious thing, people say, oh, well, I don't know if that's, there's all kinds of judgment in there, but yet it could be very popular to say, I'm not going to invest in this company that ju- that does tobacco or that does alcohol, just simply. I mean, those, those are just sort of the sin stocks. People all the time say, yeah, I just don't want to invest in those. When there's religion thrown on it, I think that there tend to be all kinds of stereotypes and judgments that are put on it. And the truth is there are so many stocks that are available that if that is your filter, you're probably going to do fine. You may miss out on a particular stock, but overall, there's still plenty out there if that's your values. And people do buy things on values. There are plenty of people. It's not that different from people that will only buy clothing that's made in a sustainable way or that's made by certain, you know, groups that they want to support. So it's just a way of of extending your beliefs into it, whether it's your spending or your investing. This is what excites me about this is the piece, uh, uh, the quote about sticky assets, about how there's not a lot of turnover. Investors don't go run during downturns. And it's because Bobby, they know how their money's invested and it's invested according to their values. 
And if you look at success with investing, everybody in the investing nerdery world uh, worries about 10 or 20 or 30 basis points, meaning up to a third of a percent, right? They're always worried about fees, fee, 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 fee. And yet we know that while fees are important, investor behavior is far more important. Fidelity did a study a few years ago with 401k plans where they looked at all the, they're the biggest provider of 401k plans in the United States. The best performing segment of the market for 401k plans were dead people because they didn't move their money around anymore. Dead people outperformed the living by a lot. So looking at that, if your money's sticky, you're usually going to do better than jumping from thing to thing to thing. Like if you're following a diet, follow the diet. If you're following a certain thing, follow it. So what I really like about this doesn't have a lot to do with faith-based investing. It's this idea that the people that will do that know why they're in it and they stick with their plan. I think that's so important. All right. First of all, we have the quote of the day, and that is from Joe Salci High. Dead people are the best investors. <laughs> I feel like we should do a virtual mic drop here. Is that our headline? Is that dead the... <laughs> people are the best investors? <laughs> That's our <laughs> because they don't change their minds. But isn't it true? I mean, you didn't see the study, but you get what I'm getting at. If I get you... what you're getting at. Um, I want to though. I do want to get your take, Joe. So we did do, and we will continue to do. If you guys want to participate, a little Instagram poll right before we went, we went, right before we recorded this. So we didn't have a huge amount of time. So it is a, a small sample, but a nice, you know, uh, amount of people. And uh, we asked our uh, Instagram followers, "Do faith investment, faith-based investments interest you?" And it was, as you did guess before we started taping, it was 100% are not interested. No. Not yeah. not interested in, in just even learning about it. They're just, it's just not, not their thing. Well, they, it, it's not like, well, let me tell you about it. I want to hear more. Nope. I think for some people, some people it might be just that doesn't interest them. But I think for a lot of people, especially people that follow financial shows, they're working with old data and the old data. I remember this from a decade ago, Bobby, when I was a financial planner, the data always said that not just faith-based funds, but any, any uh, socially responsible investing you had to, you you had to be willing to lose some money doing it versus just buying the S&P 500. That, those, that's completely out of date. You look at now uh, any socially responsible investing fund, whether it's a positive screen or a negative screen, a lot more funds coming in, um, coming in at the index, ahead of the index, very, very close to the index. You're not, you're not creating a drag anymore, but I think we're all, I think that still is the perception in our head. Yeah. But I was surprised they didn't even want to learn more about it. It's just not their thing. Yeah. So there you go. But I, I, I do think that everything is always worth exploring and it's just interesting. I think it's interesting. And I think that the fact that if you were to invest in these kind of faith-based funds, knowing that the other investors are less likely to panic sell or to churn, et cetera, does give you some support should the market move negatively. That is interesting that movements too. should not be as dramatic. Um, it kind of acts as a buffer. I haven't, I haven't thought about that, but what you and I did a story a couple months ago about that, uh, Brent Aaron's piece where he talked about the fact that, 
uh, with a lot of active managers, the problem isn't that they don't know what they're doing, which is what's assumed. The problem is, is that inflows and outflows from that fund happen at exactly the wrong time. And they're forced to buy when they don't want to. And they're forced to sell when they don't want to. And when you pull those moves off of their return, it turns out that a lot of these active investors actually do, these active managers do very well. Right. So they, because the faith-based community, those, those people that are investing in that give the managers that support and put their faith in them, they, uh, they do have more freedom to make the more deliberate investment choices. Uh, we do this show live in front of a Facebook audience and uh, not a lot of discussion on this one. Melissa says I should patent the word nerdery. And uh, Paul says that the largest landowner in the world is a faith-based uh, corporation, a faith-based company. I think the biggest landowner in the world what is, is the, I, I think it's the Catholic Church. I'm fairly certain. Oh. Paul can, uh, can, can uh, tell me if I'm correct at that trivia question that he threw out there. Mm. But I think that that's the case. Uh, we about ready for our takeaway? Absolutely. Uh, did we talk about our sponsor though? No. Well, I was going to just transition that. Nice job. So. <laughs> Uh, today's show is brought to you by Tiller. Do you want to talk about Tiller? Or you want me to talk about Tiller? You can talk about Tiller. All right. I will talk about Tiller because I use Tiller. What I like about Tiller is, is that it's a spreadsheet. And if you know anything about me, you know that I don't like spreadsheets at all. But I like Tiller because of the fact that it's spreadsheets with the easy button. There are plenty of templates. I like to move very quickly. And the template makes this uh, very difficult, very incredibly difficult uh, spreadsheet uh, nerdery. As Melissa says, I should patent, so I might as well keep saying it again. Should I just say nerdery TM? Uh, (laughs) Takes this nerdery and makes it much, much easier for me. I can also, if I still don't like the template, I can still change it more because it's a spreadsheet. And I've actually tweaked my template to be even easier to understand. So it is built on complexity for people that like charts and graphs and more, but it also is for people like me that want it very quickly. I can make it however I want. I don't have to sell you on the upsides and downsides of an app. It is whatever you want it to be. Best thing about Tiller by far though, is that every day your transactions automatically go in from wherever you tell it to go in. So from your bank, from your credit card, from your, uh, uh, your investment statements, your whole financial life goes into Tiller every day. Uh, and that it makes it super awesome. So to get some of that super awesome head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash T I L L E R. And the way we keep podcasting is they send us the thank you whenever you use our link. So it's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash T I L L E R. All right. And that's why, because you didn't say why it's stacking Benjamins because we're part of the stacking Benjamins family of podcasts. We are part of the stacking so Benjamins family. There. Um, we did get an answer though, just quickly from Paul about uh, his, his trivia question. He said I was correct. It is the Catholic yes. church followed by McDonald's. Mm, I'm hungry. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, our takeaways, uh, Bobby, what do you got? Everyone has a line, even if you aren't officially investing in faith-based investments, faith-based funds, you probably have some parameters. You may not be into faith-based parameters, but you may not want to invest in a company, for example, that doesn't promote equal pay or that sells food that you don't think is made in an ethical way or you don't think is nutritious. It's just about where that line is, what that line is. We all have our beliefs. So invest how you believe. I love I love this idea of sticky. And whether you're interested in faith-based investments or not, I love the idea 
of not touching your money, about taking your hands and putting them underneath you and not hitting the sell button every third day. We are clearly our own worst enemy. And when we know what we're invested in and we believe in what we're invested in, we're much more likely to leave it alone when things go against us because we know that these companies that we've invested in are still doing the things that we bought them for. And only when they're not is that the time for us to actually abandon that strategy. Too many people juggling too much stuff. So sticky is my takeaway. Very well said. I think that was very profound. You always have profound comments. I don't know about that, but I think it is profound. If you just got here, we are going six days a week. So we will see you. This is weird to say. We'll see you tomorrow back here at Money with Friends. Bye, everyone. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is the amazing Steve Stewart. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends.